Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Stella Lawrence. Boston has been on the hot side lately with temperatures in the mid-80s. Temperatures Wednesday are expected to reach a high of 76 degrees, with the rest of the week looking cloudier but still with temperatures in the mid-70s. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 testing dashboard update. On Monday, BU processed 1,278 total tests with zero coming back positive. This is the fourth day in a week that yielded a 0% positivity rate. In total, 25 students have tested positive this fall. Of those students, 19 are currently in isolation with one student confirmed non-contagious and five students having recovered from the disease. Ulala Kajioka is here now to report on changes to the BU bookstore. Pandemic protocols put in place at Boston University's Barnes & Noble for the fall semester were released on Monday. One of the changes implemented is the process for returning books. When returning rented textbooks, they will now be checked in and put on a shelf to sit for at least 48 hours before they can be borrowed again, which is twice the time required by state protocols. Other protocols implemented include social distancing, mandatory mask wearing for both staff and customers, clear barriers at cash registers, and sanitizing stations placed throughout the store. The maximum occupancy of the store has been changed to 133 people, half of what the limit was before the pandemic. General manager of the bookstore, Kurt Mank, told BU Today that there will most likely be a shift towards renting ebooks and other digital materials instead of traditional textbooks this fall. In Honolulu, Hawaii, I'm Ulala Kajioka from WTBU News. Joining us now is Megan Forsyth with Northeastern University's decisive new policy for students who fail to follow COVID-19 safety protocols. Northeastern University sent a letter to their student body on Saturday stating they will rescind the student's admission if students disregard their COVID-19 restrictions and host or attend parties. This letter followed a more direct letter sent on Friday to 115 students who responded yes on an Instagram poll asking if students plan to party once back on campus. Madeline Estabrook, the Senior Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs, wrote that the intention to gather in large groups or parties, quote, is unacceptable, will not be tolerated, and presents a danger to your health and the health of our community. Even if this gesture on social media was made in jest, your willingness to mock the well-being of our community and the efforts made to protect it demonstrates a degree of carelessness that does not meet the values and principles we uphold, end quote. The 115 students were told if they did not immediately respond in writing that they will abide by the Northeastern Codes and COVID plans, the schools will rescind their admission offer. And now we'll head over to Cole Benowitz for a story about the Republican National Convention. President Trump was officially named the GOP nominee for president as the Republican National Convention kicked off in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday. The convention has been a far cry from the typical festivities, only holding the designated 336 delegates for an in-person roll call vote. Delegates were asked to wear masks and obey social distancing guidelines, with chairs widely spaced on the ballroom floor. The truncated convention serves as an explicit reminder of the virus that has left nearly 180,000 Americans dead, a fact that the president hoped to avoid facing during the RNC this year. Aside from the vote for renomination, the GOP is also approving a few resolutions in Charlotte, including solidifying Columbus Day as a federal holiday and labeling the Southern Poverty Law Center, which identifies hate groups as a radical organization. The RNC will continue through Thursday in Washington, D.C., around the White House and virtually, hosting speeches from several of Trump's family members, notable supporters, Vice President Mike Pence, and the President himself. From San Diego, California, I'm Cole Benowitz for WTBU News.
Next, a story from Jane Avery regarding new stay-at-home orders in Connecticut. Officials urged Danbury residents on Friday to stay home after the city reported a serious outbreak in coronavirus cases. From August 2nd to August 20th, the city reported 178 new cases compared to just 40 cases in the previous two weeks before that. Connecticut health officials have traced the increase in cases to outdoor barbecues and international and domestic travel, especially as youth sports that have also been reported to be traveling across different states increase. Officials say Danbury residents should avoid any unnecessary gatherings, including church services. Additionally, those that may have been exposed to virus through any of these activities that have become super spreader events are encouraged to self-quarantine themselves for 14 days to prevent any spread of the virus and monitor any and all symptoms. Residents are also able to get tested to detect any coronavirus particles if they believe they were exposed and do not uh, are not showing symptoms to get tested in Connecticut. Despite the increase in this specific location, Connecticut is still on track to contain the coronavirus and has a low total number of cases as a whole. In Western Connecticut, I'm Jane Avery for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Inyong Kim about suicide bombers in the Philippines. Two suicide bomb attacks killed at least 14 people in the southern Philippines on Monday. At least 75 people, including civilians and security forces, were injured in the town of Polo. The homemade bombs exploded around two army trucks in the southern Sulu province around noon. Within an hour of the first explosion, a female suicide attacker detonated a second bomb, leading more casualties. A third bomb that didn't explode was found in a market, and officials proceeded to lock down the town. Polo is one of the Muslim islands where many died from an explosion at a Catholic church in 2019. Officials are investigating the identity of the groups or the individuals behind the attack. Authorities speculate that the Abu Sayyaf, which is an armed group allied with ISIS, is responsible for the attacks. Especially after the arrest of its leader earlier this month in the southern island of Mindanao. In Newton, Massachusetts, I'm Inyoung Kim for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Grace Ferguson, Amanda Schneider, Hannah Yoshinaga, Lily Kepner, and Gabriela Lopez, I'm Stella Lawrence reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.